Coming to you from the Strings and Things studio in Ventura, California. This is the Strings Unraveled podcast. Book club thingy. Yeah, we're talking about books today and it's going to be great. We're keeping that. Okay, so today we're talking about, Karen, do you want to take it away since this was your pick? Yes. So this was a book called Such a Fun Age, a novel by Kylie Reed. Um, it came out in end of 2019. It was her very first, her debut novel. And I got to tell you, I want to read more from this author because this was such, it was such a great read. I enjoyed it so much that I read it twice. Yeah, we need to push this book because it's from 2014. No, 2019. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It is set in 2000. Yeah, it's set, set a couple in, years back, yeah, but it came set, out last year. Because yeah, I'm not, like, it's only in hardcover. Yeah. We need to push this book if it's been out for five years. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Okay. One is, year. Yeah. I'm sure it's coming le, in le, softcover soon. Less then. than a year. <laughs> um, yeah. And the audio book, too. Ooh, I loved it. Um, so here's a synopsis. Uh, let me grab that for a moment. Da, 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 da. So it tells the story of a young black woman who is wrongly accused of kidnapping while babysitting a child and the events that follow it. Um, oh boy. And that does, let me put a little more. So Alex Chamberlain is a blogger and a public speaker who has moved from New York City to Philadelphia for her husband's job as a television anchor. Alex hires Amira Tucker, a 25-year-old African-American college graduate, as a babysitter to care for her three-year-old daughter, Briar. When Alex asks, asks Amira to take Briar with her to a local supermarket, Amira is accused by the store's security guard of kidnapping Briar. Amira explains herself but is freed only once Briar's father shows up. The entire incident is taped by a bystander, Kelly Copeland. Shaken, Amira has him email her the video and delete it from his phone. I'm going to stop there because there's just so much more to it. I don't want to tell the whole story because it's... Should I tell the whole story? Mm. Uh, how much longer is the synopsis? Oh, yeah. It's like <clears throat> five more paragraphs, but you get the gist of it when we talk. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to spoil everything before you... Okay. Well, I mean, I think the agreed upon rules is if you're listening to the uh, to our podcast... That there you, are spoilers. They're going to be spoilers. Yeah, they're going to be spoilers. So don't okay. come into listening to this if you don't think we're going to spoil it, because you should read the book first. We're going to spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then I got to keep going. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> so when Al... Ali, oh, sorry. Alix. Not Alix. Alix. When she says her name, she actually... Alix. She yes. Over-pronounces the A-L-I-X. Though that's not the truth. That's a spoiler. It's, it's her current truth. That's important, I think. Yeah. She lives in her current yeah. truth. Which is a fantasy world. <laughs> anyway. Don't we all live in a fantasy construct? I don't. I, she takes it to a whole nother don't level. Don't make me defend Alix, okay? <laughs> <laughs> when Alix hears of the incident, she is shocked and tries to treat Amira better, including offering her a higher pay. Meanwhile, Amira runs into Kelly again, and the two start dating. That Thanksgiving, Alix invites her and Kelly home for dinner. Only she, she said, Alix does not know that it's Kelly Copeland. Upon meeting, they realize that Alix was Kelly's high school girlfriend. Later, Kelly tells Amira that Alix is a racist and indirectly caused a black student scholarship to get canceled. Amira continues working for the Chamberlain, Chamberlains. 
Alix tells Amira that Kelly is a racist and fetishizes black people. Determined to show that she has Amira's best interest at heart, Alix gains access to Amira's email and leaks the video of the grocery incident. To Amira's shock, it goes viral. Believing that Kelly has leaked it, she breaks up with him. Alix comforts her and offers her a full-time job as Briar's nanny, which she accepts. Alix also arranges an interview with Amira and herself on local television. And actually, I'm going to stop there because okay. we're going to talk more about it. All right. So, uh, I love this book. I love everything. I just, wow. This is the kind of book that I started screen. I started yelling at people. <laughs> I was yelling at people in my car when I was in listening my car. to it. But I was, I, I didn't love this book, if yeah, I'm honest. I thought book. it was <laughs> slow. I thought, it, I mean, the book, the audiobook was like 10 hours long for like not right. a whole lot of story that happened. And it was entertaining, but I yes. felt like there was so much fluff that yes. it kind of got distracting because I kind of like forgot what was going on. Because like the inciting incident happens on like page two. Mm-hmm. And the climax of the book happens on like the very last page. There's not a lot of like wrap up at the end or anything. There's like a couple paragraphs of of what happens to the characters afterwards. But the, the, didn't actually read the epilogue. Well, well, there wasn't one. It was just like, but you kind of, what happened to the people. But it kind of set it up just before the boom. My moment. It just took a long (coughs) time. I felt like to get there. Uh, And because I'm listening to it at one and a half. Oh, I was too, but still. <laughs> oh, I listened to it at normal speed. Oh, I it was so slow at normal speed. <laughs> I, I did enjoy the performance of the audio. Yes, I did too. So I didn't, I, I had, I didn't want to run through that at, on this particular book. Um, it was a book that I had wanted to read. It was on my list of books to choose. So this could have been my choice. So it's not like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it sounded interesting. And it was entertaining enough that I finished it, you know. I just found the characters to be not that enjoyable of people, apart from... Oh, uh, yeah, they're hor- there's some horrible people here. Well, I... You're, you're more gracious about, about well, some of the characters than I am. Well, I think there is some complexity here. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's actually... In that elongation of getting to things, because I agree that I think it's like, boom! And then, you know, like, yeah. slow, 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 and then boom! Yeah. And I mean that's sort of how life happens, I guess. It's a little more yeah. representative. Of, I guess it's like just of the flow of life. Yeah. And there was like a structure to the book because it takes you through one year of life, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not exactly. No, it was like it's six September months. to yeah. It's September to just before Christmas or something. Or it like goes that. into January, I think. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out too. Because there's. September, because she was wearing an appropriate outfit for the weather. Mm-hmm. Everyone needed to know that. Mm-hmm. And then Thanksgiving, and then you're probably right that it was January. Yeah, it was for, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But Alex is interesting, the way that they build her up and show her personal point of view, mm-hmm. and then show us her in herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Kylie, the author, wrote it in such a artful way that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's the ideal of, like, what a lot of people are striving to have their work lives look like, mm-hmm. and let her speak, you know, wow, but, you know, is there really any substance to what she did? Like, that kept nagging right. in my brain, but she's so successful. She has this, like, thing. That just like a lot of influencers yeah, are successful like over nothing. Yes, of Instagram. What, do you have real success, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... 
But I did, the only character that I kind of liked was our, our heroine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Amira, what I really loved about the tension in Amira, Amira's character is that she, even though she seems like lost and afloat in her direction, what she's going to do uh-huh. in life, she, she always knows her true north. Like she knows when she likes something, doesn't like something, mm-hmm. when she's not going to let something bother her and when mm-hmm. it has, because it has no real weight right. in her, her And decision. she's well aware of the fact that she's, you know, kind of like in trouble with the direction her life is going. Yeah. And she knows she has to get it together. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of people would have been like, you know, they have this part-time job now, it barely pays the bills, but like, it's hard to think about what's going to happen next. So maybe I'll just stay here and make it worse, you know? Because it's like, if she doesn't <laughs> well, get out now, it's going to be worse she, later on. She teeters But she's on aware that. of it. Yeah. yeah. But she, she, she is aware. Self- she's very self-aware. And she doesn't and like for that. anybody to tell her what, they think she should be doing. She's like, I know I should be doing the X, Y, Z, whatever. She knows her. She's she's aware of her situation in life, I think. It's not just the awareness of situation. It's her, like, that inner self. Mm -hmm. She has these, like, normal, these very, like, measured responses to everything. Like, even when the security guard is, you know accusing her of nothing like Uh she's still actually even though she's embarrassed by what this outburst of foul language um she's still being very measured and aware with them so i get i mean she's just has these off-the-cuff responses to what happens around her and to her that she never loses her true self there's even points in the book where she talks about, like, what I would normally say in this situation is this, but what I said is this. Yeah. So I think you're right that she does know exactly what she thinks about everything. Yeah. I, I felt like she was exhibiting a remarkable amount of restraint in, restraint in that grocery store because she's conscious of this small person that she just adores and loves. And she might be the only person in the world who really cares and understands. There's a, there's a child by the name of Briar, and... I I think she's definitely a child on the spectrum or just she's just wired differently it's and she might not ever I love how there was a comparison and contrast with Briar versus some of these other children who fall in line with what they're taught it's yeah. not that the, I'm not even saying that right it's the it they learn into- how to socially behave and control themselves in a certain way, but they lose some of that child curiosity in becoming little mini social constructs. It For me, she falls into the category, like the trope of the like overly precautious child, which happens in like almost all media, like the main character's daughter or whatever is always really overly precocious in a way that's like, that's not a real kid. (laughs) And so, yes, she was cute and we all liked her, but like, that's not a real kid. Briar is a real kid. That was my childhood. That was me as a child. I was very precocious. Yeah, but in the sense, not that I'm saying. And I had, and I had no, uh, there are children out there that don't have that. Their brains just don't, are not wired to hear how, they're talking loud or their volume or why is it wrong to ask this question or no i i totally understand that i don't know if i agree with the assessment that she was maybe on the spectrum she could have been i don't think that they really talked about they that. didn't talk about that that was my 
I recognize parts of how she was written, and I don't know that the author even meant to write her that way. Yeah, it just came off to me as like as like falling into that trope, which is something that like once it was pointed out to me, I'm like, yeah, every kid in every TV show is like that, you know. But (laughs) she was a little bit different, you know. Um. Well, I take issue with the like outsider coming in and loving your child more than you could, right? Like we do get a peek into Alex's, Alex's, um, inner life, so she is an untrustworthy character. But I don't like that idea being presented. Like nobody loves your baby more than you do, right? And I don't think <laughs> well, Amira had a place. I mean, to that's tell not her. true for every mother, and I. But I think that Alex is not so flawed that she doesn't love her daughter. Right. Like, and like I, that would be an Amira flaw, really, it, that she thinks she loves her daughter more but than But Amira did note that there were times when Alix wasn't being watched, where she had these really strong, great bonding moments yeah. with the daughter. But I think her daughter is just so different from what she wanted her to be. And also how you, I get the sense that Alix was a, you know, an avid, staunch rule follower you know, and taught was taught so how to behave in so in social mm-hmm. structures so early that she's tired and fatigued that her daughter's not getting it. Um, and you're right, but but Amira does spend a lot a lot of hours in the day with her daughter too. I guess the author like amplified that nobody that this was the tension for me the whole way. Like nobody knows. And this is so true of life. Mm-hmm. The author did a good job of keeping the boundaries in that no one knows what anyone else is thinking. Yeah. Like, right. like Amira is aware that Alix wants this friendship with her. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. the one like inner life thing that is so blatant <laughs> that because <laughs> basically Alix throws herself at Amira for a friendship. Right. Um, it's almost stalkerish. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. And you hear the way she thinks about it in her inner dialogue it's like you could not that you could relate to her but like you you've probably been in the situation where like this per I really want to be friends with this person like how can I make them be friends with me like when you yeah. were like in high school or something that's kind of how she thinks or like middle engineer. school I'm you're like that's a cool girl and I want to be friends with that cool girl like how do I get her to be friends with me mm-hmm. yeah you know totally that is the um a good observation about Elise's character is how she really progressed from um, from her high school maturity. Yeah. Which maybe not. Which yeah. a lot of human beings not do not much. ever get any mature, mm-hmm. more mature mm-hmm. than when you knew them at 17. Right. <laughs> I did find it delicious. Like, absolutely delicious. Ate up every morsel of the Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you guys were present for my main high school boyfriend coming into the shop. <laughs> It wasn't anything like that. It was not as rot as Kelly and um, Alix's relationship. But it's real weird when your boyfriend appears, ex-boyfriend from high school appears in, that is, your, it, in yeah, your life. That is true. But the way that she talks about it, like she's been thinking about this moment for the last... 15 years, right? It's like, yeah, yeah we all kind of think about that a little oh, bit, but, but like, she's like obsessive about yeah, it. She's she an obsessive. But she knew the truth before the last yeah, day it, of high school. She, but she's that convinced is... herself that that's not the truth. When, so that's part uh, of that wrap up is we have this private moment with Alix, who is cleaning all the lockers at the end of her, her um, senior, senior year. year. And she finds 
that the letters and many of her letters got stuck in this void in a locker and that uh, Robbie, Robbie had Robbie access Corners, to them. That that letter did most True. likely fall into Robbie's um, But she took locker. the attitude of, well, I can't, coming out and telling the truth isn't going to change anything. She so. made that decision at that moment, but has yeah. convinced herself in the 15 or 20 or however many years past that that's what actually happened. Yeah. But that's how people are. Like, yeah. I don't think that scene was her remembering that time. I no, think it was just, just the author just giving author. us a glance. One of those rare, because like, we don't get that. Like I said right. minutes ago, like the author is very good about keeping the boundaries of not letting other characters know. But she lifted that fourth wall for us as the reader mm-hmm. to know the truth of it. But which to does... both of them, they know exactly what happened. Yeah. And they're both completely convinced, Kelly and Alix, yes. that they are right. But And they are, though. They're both they right. both prove each other's accusations right, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. Um, Which goes to show: Do we really change? Do our persons really change from who we were in high school? They, they, we get older, but in both of these cases, Kelly really didn't change. Yes, he idolized the really cool kids who happened to be black, and he still does. Well, so, I mean, sh- that's what Alix accuses him I of. I think they're both right, you know. <laughs> yeah. Alix is right that he likes to try and, you know, find himself fitting in with black people because he thinks that they're, you know, for whatever reason, he thinks they're cool, he thinks that the- he wants to be like them, whatever. Like, he kind of collects them as friends and girlfriends, yeah. right? So Alix is right. And then, you know, Kelly is also right that she, right. she hires black people to make herself look better. <laughs> yep. So I have a I have a question. No, oh, yeah. I want to <laughs> rewind on that. I mean, I'm tre- gonna tread carefully. The author makes a point of the fact that there was no pictures to go with her intrigue of wanting to choose Amira, right? Um, and that, and again, this might be like a lie that um, Elise is telling herself about why she wants to choose Amira, mm-hmm. but she is pretty clear that she chooses Amira because she doesn't know who she right. is and she doesn't know That's true. She did hire her but not based on so what she looks like. I mean her choice to choose a black woman over any other and the, That might have been like an unconscious decision. She yeah. just picked her, but it's I think that she falls into the category of like the white savior yes. who thinks like oh, I'm going to be friends with Amira and I'm we're doing so many things for you can't you see all that we've done has been for yeah. you we're yeah. here to help you it's like she didn't ask well, for your help Alix you- I mean actually Alix does this thing that irritates me so much Alix never thinks about how she- Amira has an amazing family mm-hmm. she has like a wonderful accomplished family yeah yeah supportive she never learns about Amira's family and that Amira has this other support system just because it's not visible. Right. And um, so she does the same thing Amira accuses her of. Um, Alix is thinking what in whatever warped way she has created her reality that she is the one to help. Yeah. <laughs> well, like when she went to Amira's apartment. Come, But before we go back there, to hiring her. There's something about names, though. You don't think she saw the name Amira and had some... I don't some... think I would guess that that, that was necessarily a black name. person. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Or it, it could be... It could be a different... It, it, it seems like an ethnic name, but not specific to a particular demographic. 
So, um, Amira? I, I feel like know. I could see a micro name, Amira. Yeah, like you could easily turn my daughter's name into Mira. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, it could be, but she's white, white, white. Mira. Mira. <laughs> yeah, that was so cute. Um, but I. Oh, I just did Kelly's thing. What? Three, say the same word three oh, times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Oh. That's like a Brooklyn 99 thing, that, too. Cool, but, cool, yeah, right. cool, cool. I do that, but, um, I hated hearing it. In yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Wait, hey, wait, wait. Hey. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, okay. So where was I going with that? Oh. Going to her. She apartment. has her own, I think she has her own, um, unconscious biases. She, she, she assumes that, I think she assumed that one, because Amira was black and her, and her babysitter, that she automatically was not in a good place. Um, and, and I think some of that comes out when she sees her apartment is like, oh no, don't touch that dearie. Oh no, don't sit there. (laughs) Yeah. Which, you know, she, she had all kinds of judgment on, on Amira's, uh, place. But I wonder if she also pretty much had that because of where she lived, like back in high school, where she lived versus where most of her, I know, I get the sense that she didn't really have friends in high school. Yeah, it didn't, they didn't really talk about it like she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she said, I mean, she tried to loop, um, loop Kelly into, when she was like accusing him of social climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, like we, we weren't the popular ones or we didn't run in Robbie's crew. Right, they weren't the popular kids. And I wouldn't, I would argue that she doesn't really have any good friendships as an adult. She has a group of friends, but like from all their conversations and stuff, you can it's tell that it's, shallow. yeah, they're, I mean, her friends aren't amazing people either. No. They're but all, Alex, this is coming from a place Oh my of God. Love. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Please yeah. don't take this the oh wrong my God. way. <laughs> Please put that down. Right. Like, step away from. I'm glad you bring that up because I. <laughs> Her friends were infuriating. Yes. Oh my gosh. And if you guys told me I needed to go on a diet, we wouldn't be friends anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they talk so much in this book about, like, being however many pounds over baby weight, which oh, is yeah. like. So, like, who cares? Number one, who cares? But also, like, why do you have to tell me so many times? It's yes. like, I get that that's something that she is, like, so obsessive about. Yeah. And it's such a big deal to her. And I think the, it just, it helps to paint her and yeah. what she values. The, um, going back to the Thanksgiving scene, her friend, what was her friend's name? The other black Tamara? woman? Tamara. Uh. When she's talking to, uh, she falls, I mean, she's basically a leaks. Like, they have yeah. the same viewpoint, except that she thinks that she can help Amira in some way, even though Amira never asked for anybody to help her. No, but <laughs> I think... Amira grilling her. I know. It's, it's like, like, what are you doing with your life? What are we doing oh next? Okay, God. let's help you out. Let's Who get are you? Grad school. But I, <laughs> like, I met you two minutes ago. But I think she's thinking, as a fellow as, as a fellow black person, oh, girl, you're not representing us. And, you know, I have all this education. You have an education. You're wasting it. Sure, she might have been She has all way. kinds of ju- judgment. But she never really, like, we know that Alix's help and support is very surface mm-hmm. and not realistically helpful. She reminds me of like a lot of a lot of people treat others this way. Like mm-hmm. you satisfy a need in my life and facilitate a need in my life, so that is where I want to keep you. Right. So by mm-hmm. giving offering um, Amira a full time position, even though that is exactly what she needed professionally, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, 
At she's least keeping not, her. Yeah, she's not serving Amira and Amira's life direction. No. She is using Amira to facilitate her life direction. And she's a user, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so- she's she's keep she's controlling Amira by keeping her closer, by offering her something she knows she needs, almost so that her friendship will be she'll be indebted to her in mm-hmm. friendship. Right. Like you owe your friendship to me because I'm making your life better. And she doesn't necessarily say, I mean, when she offers it to her, it's like, we just love you so much. We want you to be part of our family. She says so many times that she's part of their family. When That's one of those negators of Amira has a real family. Exactly. (laughs) And she tells her so many times like, oh, we just love you so much. But then, you know, deep down, she's saying like, isn't it great that I'm helping you? She doesn't say that to Amira until Amira calls her out and it's like, I'm not going to do it. And then she yells at her. She's like, can't you see all these things that we're doing for you? Everything we've done is for you. We just love you so much. Why can't you be like appreciative of all the things that we do for you? It's like, I didn't ask you to do those things for me. Yeah. Nope. I'm offering you my saviorship. Why aren't you grateful? Well, this is a truth kind of in life. Yeah. And I um, don't always, re- I think, I mean, I'm aware of this, that when you look at a situation and you jump in and you do the thing that you think is needed, mm-hmm. that might have nothing to do with the help that someone needs. Like when you say you're, you know, when you like force help on someone, you um, negate the fact that you needed to ask them what they needed. Mm-hmm. And then find exactly. out what they needed and then do one of those things on that list. That's right. how you help someone. Helping people requires communication. Yeah. If, if you are not, if you're just forcing your help upon someone based on your own judgment without communicating to that person, hey, are, are you okay for one thing? And if not, is there, what, can you tell me what you would like help mm-hmm. in? Yeah. It's not the same as. I'm going to shower you with what I think is best for you. I'm going to make decisions, which yeah, again, when really I'm just facilitating what I need. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I'm trying to think about making like myself what, feel better for helping you. What Alix yeah. could do, like what Amira would help her, like ask for help. Like I don't know what Amira needs from Alix at all, except <laughs> to see her kid. Yeah. You know? She loves Briar. I had this like daydream as I hoped that that um, Amira would find something that maybe she could like reason with them and say, "Hey, could I take um, Briar to the park once a month or something?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think, but yeah, but after after what Elise does, no way. Do we? Now we're doing pretty good, but I might ask a, yeah, go get, for questions. To a couple questions. Yeah. Um, starting back to the beginning, the opening scene of the supermarket was a smart way, it says here, for the writer to illustrate everyday racism without any preamble. Mm-hmm. Did it succeed in setting the tone for the socio-political themes the plot would eventually tackle? Yeah. Yeah, I would say it did. I mean, you yeah, you see videos like that surface super, on the internet all the time. Supermarket Karen there. And I mean, Karen in parentheses, not... <laughs> I'm Karen by birth, not why by choice. She, why isn't she Becky? Why didn't Becky... You know what? This Becky? Is a Becky was the 90s. This is a total, like, offshoot of this conversation, <laughs> but I just... There's this amazing podcast called Decoder Ring, and she just did an episode right about the Karen day. and, like, how that came to be from... She mentions the Becky of the 90s and how yeah. it has, like, morphed into the Karen of now. Okay. It was a fascinating conversation, Decoder and you should listen ring. to it. <laughs> I so I just learned all about that yesterday. Right. How timely. I understand because all these, all these, I mean, whether there was a real Karen or not, 
the generation that is freaking out like this is my is my age. <laughs> and Karen was a very very popular name in the '60s right. to to describe that white, fragile. I they're like a little. Um, and if I'm offending someone, I'm sorry. If you like this kind of dog, I don't. But I don't make any beefs about it either. Um, they're like. I can't think of the name of it. Is the little yippee dog is what you're going for? Yeah, but there's a specific breed that I really hate. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. I don't know. That's we'll it. just leave it there. The little tiny yippee dog that has to bark, 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 bark. Now you offend no one, or yeah. all, all or yippee all. dog owners. Yeah. Well, I, like, I think all yippee I dog like, owners are well aware of what they have. But you know how it is. The big a big dog doesn't bother to woof at you they're yeah. just they know their size but the insecurities of the little tiny yippy dog mm-hmm. that has to bark and bark and bark at you that's what karen's are they're the yippy dogs of my generation <laughs> um but i think that it was a very successful scene um how it goes from completely benign life is happening to amplified um, misreading and inappropriate accusations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I thought it was... I noticed that when... when Very illustrated. When things started really amping up, Miss Karen excused herself. Did she? I thought she was there to She's the like, end. No, she no, started so. backing off when, when the strong white male of the fatherhood came in. She's like, Oh, I guess you guys have this handle. I think oh, I'm yeah, back okay, off now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a be. <laughs> so, and actually, so that kind of, Oh, in the supermarket scene, the security guard suspicions are quenched when Amira calls the toddler's white father. What does that say about the unfairness of people of color still needing to legitimize their existence through the associations with white people in social situations? I mean, I think in that scene, the child she's babysitting is a white child, right? Yeah. And it probably would not have happened if the child looked more like her. But on the flip side of that, if the father of the child had been a black person, I don't think that would have helped a whole lot. It would not have diffused the situation. It wouldn't have gone the same way, Mm -hmm. I think, that it did in the book, right? So. Oh, no, because... I mean, not every kid looks like their dad. Mm -hmm. So she could have called the dad and he could have shown up and looked nothing like the kid. Yep. And then he's in the same situation that Amir is in. Yep. Yeah. Well, Kevin. She could have been the mother of that child, but it didn't matter to the security guard because nope. they didn't look like each other. And if the child did look like Amira, that would have been a whole nother level of why are you here? You don't belong. Um, Especially the... dressed like that at, a le- at, at almost like midnight. That. Yeah. That's their attitude. The... Um... Yeah, Kevin used to be terrified that someone would accuse him of stealing Dante because Kevin is a very dark and olive-skinned, dark-haired, olive-skinned person and um, who is, you know, Italian heritage, but he actually looks kind of racially ambiguous. ambiguous. Yeah, he gets claimed by every <laughs> Mediterranean adjacent um, heritage. Hey, when, I, when I lived in Fresno, people thought I was Armenian. Um, so, um, Dante was almost blonde and blue eyed and pink skinned and yeah. And every time Dante threw a fit in the market, he was sure he would get accosted by someone not the same. And so, yeah, some people don't match their kids. Yeah. (laughs) 
And that doesn't mean that they should be accosted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, especially because they're having fun dancing around in the like the frozen food aisle. Bad was happening. Like if the baby, if if Briar was crying and saying, "I don't know this person," then yeah, yeah, go up to him and be like, "What are you doing with this kid that says they don't know you?" <laughs> Regardless of what they look like, but they're having a great time. The lady walks down the aisle, smiles at them, is like, "Oh, you guys are cute. You're having fun. You're dancing around." Yeah, she doesn't say anything, but you can tell by like the way that she kind of smiles at them that she thinks like, "Oh, she's cool." Yeah. But then she comes back with the security guards like, I don't think that you two belong together. It's like, they obviously know each other. The child's... A three-year-old at that hour of the evening is definitely not going to be with a stranger. (laughs) Comfortably. What? Comfortably. Comfortably, yes. Comfortably. Strangers take people at all times. (laughs) No, but I mean, but at that hour, they would not be comfortable past, past bedtime. Okay, uh, when it comes to race relations, did you relate more with Alix or Amira's experiences? When and how? Well, obviously, I only have a frame of reference that is parallel to Alix's, so. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to better understand Amira's point. And... I think I didn't necessarily relate with Alix, yeah. but I could see a lot of people I know that sort of fall into that category. Yeah. So I could relate in the way that, like, I kind of understand that person because I know a lot of those people, you know, that's kind of where I was. And I don't relate necessarily. I did relate to Amira in regards to like her life and her struggle with like trying to figure out what she's doing with her Mm -hmm. life as a 25 to 26 year old woman. I was like, yeah, I felt like that at that time. So I did feel like I related more to her in that sense, but not in a, like the question asked in a, Mm -hmm. in a racial sense, but I definitely know people like Aleek's. In a racial sense, I didn't really, I did, did not relate to, actually, I didn't really, didn't relate to either of them. I knew, yeah, I recognized no. the type, uh, Alix's type, but being, I was always more in Amira's economic, uh, state. So being the helper and the server, the worker person, um, and how she even ha- could tolerate, how she, I tell you, she was a, Amira was a much kinder, more thoughtful person than I ever could be. Because I, I would not have been able to handle Alix's um, fake, sugary. <laughs> well, that's what she knows. Like overtures. I'm not there for Alix. Like yeah. I'm here for Briar. You know, yeah. she's here for Briar. But at the same time, she didn't. She she's. I liked even when she was pushing back on Kelly about. Well, okay, lots of people wear uniforms at work. That's just a thing. <laughs> You know, but anyway, um, when it comes to, yeah, as far as the terms of race relations, I could, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm I'm not, I don't have the experiences of an, of an African or of a black woman. So I, I don't relate to that only in the economic sense. I think the author makes a good point. And like you were saying to talk about Amira's family and how they're, you know, a successful family of, of people who, you know, they all have skills and they, you mm-hmm. know, work really hard. And so it's not like Amira's coming from a background of like being disadvantaged in, in the financial sense I didn't yeah. get, except that she's sort of done that to herself. You know, yeah. she's yeah. left her family. She doesn't know exactly what she wants. She's kind of a free spirit. She's floaty. So she's the one that's like, well, yeah, I do this part-time job. I do this part-time job. But I think if she wanted to be a successful person like her siblings were and you know get a grad go to grad school her family would have supported her and helped her through it so 
I think that in the sense of her, like you were saying, like her economic, you know, background, I think that that's just something that, not that she's done to herself, but, you it's know. It's just yeah. her independence as a 20, right. mid-20s young And she's woman okay with it for the city. most part until yeah. she figures out that it's not going to work for her anymore. Yeah. Well, there comes a point where she wants, she <sighs> feels less comfortable because her friends are moving forward. Without her, yeah. Which I totally... I completely identify with that. Part, yeah, actually, <laughs> there've been plenty of times in my life. Like, I have some girlfriends from high school who are insanely successful. And how do you think that she just is not into technology? Do you think I that's... love that about her? Okay, but do you think that that comes from because her family there are makers and crafters and and creators of things? Could. But maybe because. They, something that I was I'm like, why was this important to bring up? Social media doesn't cost anything. She grew up in a deaf society, like in a deaf community. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so I wonder I if she just has that. a different interaction with media. Yeah, because, I don't know. I mean, it just that's sort of a, seemed like she that's just That's like something care. she drops, the author drops, but never like... Yeah, I thought that was going to be a thing. Yeah. So I don't know... So maybe it speaks to, like, the uniqueness of her upbringing or the, mm-hmm. like, um, the insular nature of a specialized community mm-hmm. um, and the, like, cocoon that could create But maybe for her. that's also the compare and contrast <clears throat> with Alix's, and she is so hyper about how, um, about co- connecting and texting and it's almost... Um, yeah, maybe it was just a way to compare the two characters and contrast them. Yeah, but, because but, she talks all the time. Alix does Zara, about Zara and all and and uh, Shauna. They all they're all into yeah tech and it's just okay. Just for one second, and I couldn't cast everybody, so I would love some help. With them. <laughs> okay. So um, clearly for me, Alix is going to be Reese Witherspoon. Um, ironic that it's one of Reese's books. Yep. Um, or yeah. I have to look up her name, but she was Elliot in Scrubs and um, oh. the second Becky in um, Roseanne. Um, so I would be comfortable with either of them being Alix. I think that Reese is too old. I think they're both. Well, here's the problem. Well, Reese is a little older than me. I think she's like in her mid 40s mm-hmm. now. Because these characters. Alix is my age. <laughs> yeah. Granted, it's six years in the past, but of today, but. Right. Um, oh, Sarah Chalky is the same age as um, Reese Witherspoon. But um, we're going to move through time, though. Like, okay. So any actress in the last, you know. Right. 20 years or, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like um, Amira to be, is it Hallie Bailey? It's going to be the new Little Mermaid. Cause she's oh, like, yeah. Just as cute yep. as um, Amira is described. I think that Zoe Kravitz is, um, gosh, what's the other friend? No. No, no, Shauna. No. No. Oh, just Josepha? Just no. The other one has to be a Zara. 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 Thank you. Zara. No, not Zara. No. Zoe Kravitz is gonna be the like the other friend who has plenty of money. It's Zara is the nurse, right? Yeah. Shawnee is the Shawnee, thank you. But is it Shawnee a white person? No, she's a light skinned I thought she was a light skinned. Oh, I thought she was white. Yeah. Nope. Um I didn't think any of the friends were white, white, just 
light skinned. Hmm. Um, and then I can't. I don't know who Josepha should be. I was sort of feeling. Um, what's her face from? Uh, I'm terrible at this game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really want Reese Witherspoon to just go ahead yes, and be a lady. That's, that's my whole point, actually. Oh, but Kelly, that I have Kelly awesome. Cass, too. Kelly is um, John Krasinski. Yeah. And that's why we have to move through time. Yeah. I can totally see that. Yeah. <laughs> Tall enough, sweet enough, and yep. surfacey sweet enough. Yeah, I can see that. But basically, that whole point was, I want Reese Witherspoon to be Yeah, I think I could probably pick a lot of people to be elites. <laughs> Next. Okay. Uh, Alix thinks that Amira perceives her as the textbook rich white person, while Amira thinks her privileged employer views her with the annoying curiosity usually reserved for an exotic species. What does this say about preconceived notions people have when interacting with someone who do not share their ethnicity? Um, well, I mean, how wrong is Amira? Like, Alix is not nearly as self-aware as Amira is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, sorry, Alix, you might just be what she thinks you are. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all function of, from a surface assessment of everyone and until you know them, but mm -hmm. they never really know each other. Right. Like, she tries, Alix tries to get to know Amira, but Amira sort of has walls up against her, which is she keeps, reasonable. She keeps a hand it. Well, Alix oh, yeah. isn't asking the right questions, sort of. Yeah. I mean, she her, talks about, know? like, she never asked me about my family or, yeah. like, she doesn't know anything about my friends. She wants to know, like, you know, why I don't have an Instagram account and she wants to know, like, what am I doing this weekend and who's my boyfriend, but... Yeah. Like it's and why all, is she serving me wine? <laughs> it's all very, Expensive. like, surface-level stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's not like Alix ever really tries to change, to get to know her that well, you know? But she mm -hmm. does find her fascinating, you know? Yep. She wants to know more about her, but not too much. Yep. The amount that serves, continuing her point of view. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this often happens um, with white people. With white women, there's a, again, of my generation, <laughs> that they think that just because they want something that they're entitled to know it. Oh, yeah. It's like the, the well, you don't know because you don't ask, so let me just ask you. Why, it's like, instead or of... Or like, so, it's it, none of your business, it's like, well, why not? Why can't you tell me that? It's like, it's, because why, it's none of your business. But, but yet I'm entitled to anything I think of, right? No. The... Wait, oh, oh, okay, okay. Here's my soapbox. There's a point in the interview. I, I highlighted it because I saved that. I saved that page. And she's like, we respect your privacy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm yelling, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Nothing about what you say respects privacy. And I oh, so, my God. I love Sean is singing. It's so wonderful. Yes, it's so funny. <laughs> I, I was hoping... Like, I, it would have been so delicious to, for Amira to be like, I know you were the one that leaked my video. But she never says she that. She never comes which out is and like, says that, which is not... so much nicer. I would have said, really? Really? I think, like, our paths should never, you know, like, come together Come together again, again. yeah. That was <laughs> very know. fun. That was, so, that was fun. <laughs> when I'm, I'm reading out about Alix's 
actions. You get, you should understand. I don't look over the fence in my neighbor's yard. I don't, I res, I am such a strong respecter of bound, those kind of boundaries that if someone's phone's open, you don't look at their stuff. You just don't look at their phone. That's none of your business. You don't, you certainly don't. If someone, if someone were to use my thing and leave their email open, I would close it. Yeah. That's, that's the, all the interaction I'm going to have. I certainly am not going to start scrolling through someone else's email. Such an incredible invasion of privacy. Yeah, that's none of your never mind. And yet she seems to say we really respect her privacy. It's like going I'm through like, someone's purse. How do you... Like, like if Amira left her purse open, would Alixa feel comfortable just yeah. rifling through her purse? It's like on the show Survivor. You know, there's... You know, everyone has their bag of stuff. Mm-hmm. In the first, the first half, the first ten plus seasons, it was understood you don't look through people's stuff. So when they started rifling through somebody else's bag, and they keep on Survivor, everything inside me says that's wrong. That is wrong. That is like, that's more than just not respecting someone's privacy. You're now diving deep into somebody else's business without their knowledge. I think like so, you were saying, like Alix feels like she's entitled to know more about her, but because Amira is keeping her at arm's length, she's like, well, here's a way I can figure out more about you without your permission. You know, she's like, I can look at your phone. So she probably does it once just because she sees a notification pop up. And then it's probably like addictive to her to try and figure out more about her because Amira is not giving her anything. But did she start? I think she started snooping before she started trying to wine and dine Amira myself. I don't think so. Um, I mean, I don't know. Okay, I think they but, were parallel but behaviors. There, but, there, but there again, if you're trying to insert yourself in someone's life and they're blocking you, that's your hint. They don't want to, they're just not that into you. <laughs> right? And so to circumvent that is and go around that is manipulative. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I don't like Alix. Well, you're not I, meant to. Yeah. I'm not meant to. <laughs> I have Did no it change for, for you when, so in the whole, the whole book, there's this like dichotomy between Kelly's point of view and Alix's point of view in regards to like the situation in high school. Alix says that she showed everybody the note and it's his fault and he ruined her life. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Kelly says, I never showed anybody. They just showed up and you went crazy and you ruined Robbie's life. Right. Yes. Were you on either person's side? Like, what did you believe to be true? Because we didn't find out until the end that Alix was lying. To be true. Like, did you believe Kelly? I sort of I was landing Kelly. in, like, the it's probably somewhere in the middle gray yes, area kind of that thing. that is what I easily believed that he might have had the note and showed it to mm-hmm. Robbie. Like, oh, see, I, no, I didn't. He thought, yeah. I, believe I thought that, that he, was in the realm of possibility. I believe that he never got it. <laughs> I th- yeah I think I landed in the it was like it reminded me of the Daisy Jones book where it's like there's all these different people's point of view and the truth lies in the middle somewhere yes. mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's what I was I think that's what you were supposed to believe until the very end when the author's like well guess what it was you leaks. never saw it. yeah it's all leaks she's the worst I always thought it was leaks because I already had a negative opinion about her because I already thought she was the worst yeah. <laughs> yeah but I also really didn't like Kelly that much no no because. Like, you could sort of see through, I think, I think Alix's perspective of him wasn't wrong, you know, and I think that when, is it 
the leaks that like goes back through his Facebook page to like oh, check yeah. him out, mm-hmm. and like every one of his girlfriends that he yeah. has has also been a black woman. Mm-hmm. That's when it's and it's like, like well, oh, it could be coincidence, or maybe he is what well, exactly what she thinks he is. So I mean, they it both truths bared out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was a nice guy, and he was he's a nice guy, kind but, to Amira, but you could... But there is a big age difference, too. And yeah. I don't think... I think when you're in your late 20s, early yeah, 30s, it's I like mean, seven years. We do infant, oh. infantilize, which is the interesting thing about examining 25 to 26 in this time. Mm-hmm. Um, we infantilize young adults for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And she is a grown-ass woman. Just and really, actually, I think it's. I think the it's a very small age difference. Mm-hmm. It feels to me. No, you and I have a bigger age difference. I think you're just thirty now. I'm thirty-two. Thirty-two. No, we're you and I are the same age difference. Yeah. See. Yeah. <laughs> not that I would date Anne, but you no. know. <laughs> um, but how why, not? why not? Why well, not? Well, because I think James yeah. would get real upset. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know, you Kevin might be about it. It. <laughs> Um. I feel like the age well, difference felt... It's a smaller age difference, but it's it, amplified. So how much was the places. age difference between Alix and her husband? Because it oh, was... They never say, actually. But they do say that he is quite a bit older than her. Yeah. It's yeah. like, he looks young for his age. Right. She says something about that how that he is older. Right. And I still never honestly, say anything. Honestly, it could be the same thing. There's so many parallels. She and her husband age difference could be somehow the age difference between her and her husband is not a big deal, right? But to her, you're you're effing you're my babysitter. Used. Yeah, <laughs> she thinks the whole time that Kelly's using her, but which maybe think... he is. But he also seems to actually legitimately like her as a person and care about her, yeah. which is more than you can say about how Alix views. But honestly, Amira. She's Ke- using her too. Both Kelly and Elise need to get on with their life. That why I I was like Amira. That's like whatever. That was high school. I'm You're not beyond of, that. I'm sort of on the on the Kelly team in that where it's like I think he is beyond that. I think that except Elise is the one that's still holding on to it. Except that without even knowing um, that Elise was Amira's employer. He told Amir that story about this girl in high school that was so awful. He, yeah. he brought well, up a story. High from... school is a really like formative time for you. You're going to make some lifelong friendships. You're going to make some lifelong enemies or people that you wouldn't associate right. with. Whether enemies a little too. And I'm sure that word. you've you've told your significant other about some horrible person that in high school. Yeah. So but that you don't hold on to it as like active. someday, yeah. you know, like Alix did. She was obsessive <laughs> about it. Where I think Kelly was a little more realistic about it. It's like, well yeah, she did suck. Like I had this girlfriend and she kinda sucked. Oh, this is And the you're line. like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, you've probably told your significant other about some person you knew or a oh, yeah. person you dated and they ended up sucking, yeah. you know? I mean, I get sucked back into Kevin's high school drama every five to ten years because we've gone to all of his reunions. Mm. Not a mine. Um, and so I like a lot of his high school friends. A lot of them are my dear friends now, too. Uh-huh. And and we're just right back in the middle of his high school yeah. social hierarchy it's every five to, to ten there. years. Uh, it's, uh... So I've got a couple more questions. Okay, let's let's maybe pick, like, one more. One more. Oh, gosh. Okay, which one of these? Pressure. Under pressure. <laughs> I'm going to do the last one only because I, I, this is a question I actually thought about 
What did you think of the book's title? Did it aptly encapsulate the content of this book for you? If not, what title would you have given to this novel? I was thinking about that the other day when I finished the book, whereas like, I think I was expecting somebody to to say that at some point in the book, and that's sort of how you get the title. But I finished <laughs> yeah, I the book, think... and I was like, nobody ever said that in the book. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure. I, I never could connect the title with the book in a way that I... Think I think at, like, surface level, you're supposed to think she's a babysitter, Briar's at such a fun age. But I think it's about a oh, mirror. it's about 25 to 25 year old being such a fun age. Yeah, it's at, at it base level, it's about... Age. It's about... I mean, I think you're supposed to believe it's about a five-year-old, but then I think it's about a 25-year-old, and it is fun to be 25, you know? But she's not well, having a fun time all the time. That's a very con condescending phrase. Mm -hmm. Such a fun age. Right. You know? You yes. wouldn't say that to a 25-year-old no. in that way. You would yeah. say it to a 5-year-old. But you might say something like, oh, enjoy it. It's so fun. Or like, you're probably, you know, there's different ways to say exactly the same thing. Oh, that's such a fun age. You don't have very many responsibilities and your life is so free. Yeah, that's the kind of attitude. Oh, I definitely looked at you that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I yeah. would. You wouldn't say it like Honestly, that. No. No. <laughs> I will say it. But I would like look at you being a young 20-ish and I'd be like, oh, it's so cute. I understand. I do that to people now. Um, I have a little cousin. I mean, he's not really my cousin, but he is. That's getting married. And I'm like, you guys are just so cute. Oh, uh, yeah. My young coworker who just went from 25 to 26. I'm like, you're an adult now. Yeah. Not calling you a kid anymore. You got to pay for your own health insurance. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's been doing that already, but it's like, you're not a kid. It's Get your life how, together. It's funny how that changes because that used to be 21. Yeah, I know. Now That's like what I'm 26. talking about. It's just like, and now, you know, I have, I have a kid who's turning 20. Like, mm -hmm. he's still a kid. Oh, yeah. He's still a kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is not how I would have looked at it at 20. I keep trying right. to remember when I talk to him about what he's planning or doing. Like, at what 19, like I was 20. his mom. So I really felt like an adult. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't wait to be 20 and not be a teenage mom anymore. And could, but can you like, um, like even fathom him as a parent? I know. Yeah. Isn't it's that forbidden. Nuts? But I'm sure that your mom felt the same way. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's funny to think about when, like how you feel at a certain age. Oh, and then when you look back at people being yeah. that certain age and oh, you're like, yeah. I was, I was talking to my mom about that the other day about. Uh, somebody getting married and how old they were. And I was like, I was 24 when I got married, mm -hmm. which seemed like a decent age. Yeah. But when I think about myself at 24, I'm like, who let me do that? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you guys let me get married? <laughs> I mean, nothing bad happened, but I was dumb when I was 24. <laughs> yeah. I was, and James was dumb when he was 24. I was raging about something when my, something in a family member did and I was raging about it and Lois was involved and I'm like you've known me since I was the age of this person <laughs> haven't I grown up a lot I know this person needs to grow up a lot that's funny <laughs> um yeah yeah it, it's weird well that's Kevin and I were 20 25 when we got married and um that's how old we were and then it's like where are all the grown-ups <laughs> oh yeah. no we're where the grown-ups grown <laughs> <laughs> I need an adult <laughs> Yep. Which those those feelings have left the building. <laughs> I did remember it to him recently of like he said, Why did we decide Bobby to Bill? I'm like, remember that time when we remembered that we're the grown ups now? Yeah. <laughs> That's when we decided this idea. Well, 
Thanks for choosing the book, Karen. Yeah, it was, was it really was an interesting book. book, and it was something I wanted to read. Um, mm-hmm. It and left it, me feeling a little unsettled. It was entertaining enough that I I enjoyed listening to it, but the more I thought about it, and in the moment, sometimes I was like, I don't think I like this. Uh, well, I came across a. Re- I hate doing this. I try not to read reviews or get other mm-hmm. people's opinions. At in least my head. until after I've read the book. Yeah, I came across one which is like nothing happened in this book, and there was no one likable, and I'm like. Sometimes I like reading reviews after I've read the book because it can sort of solid solidify how I'm feeling. Like some more eloquent person can be like, I'm like, yeah, that is how I feel about this book. You're right. In the middle, it was a mistake. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Wait till the end. I'm like, wait, nothing's going to happen for a long time still. There's five hours left. Yeah. It did go pretty fast. I was listening at like one and a half speed. I was entertained. For sure. The audiobook yeah. performance is very, very I really good. liked it. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I read it, and I think I would read more from this author. Yeah. And not that it matters, but, like, it's got such a gorgeous cover. It does have a beautiful <laughs> cover. I would wear that Artwork fabric is, yeah, all day it's beautiful. Long. I was thinking the other day, I went to Barnes & Noble to, like, look around at books, and it's, it's real easy for me to, like... And a key. What's the key for? I don't know. I choose books like oh, I choose a bottle of wine. House. Oh, because the wrapper I'm like, is... this is a pretty label. I'll yeah. use this one. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> now, why do they say a novel? Why do they have to tell you it's a novel? Such a fun age. A novel. Know. That's Lots probably of some kind that. of tradition in branding or something. Oh. Um, well, my friend I, who is a cover designer. I went to Barnes & Noble yesterday because I looked at all the books that were on my Goodreads list of like things I'd like to read and I wasn't really interested in any of them. So I went to like the new releases section of Barnes and Noble, and some of the books I chose were like uh, debut novels by these authors. So uh, not all of them are. A couple of them on my list don't have audiobooks yet. So there's a chance that we might actually like actually to read, read a the book. book. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> but I have five in my little basket right. here. So I'm picking. Okay, so this one's called Oksana Behave. Okay. <laughs> like Oksana Bayul? Uh, it is an audiobook by okay. Maria Kuznetsova. Um, I have a little synopsis here that says, this one I picked because the cover was funny. Yeah. Um, when Oksana and her family move from, from the Ukraine to Florida, begin a new American life. Her physicist father delivers pizza at night to make ends meet. Her cranky mother. Pull, how do you pull, spell Oksana? O-K-S-A-N-A. Um, her cranky mother sits at home all day worrying and her flamboyant grandmother relishes the attention she used to get. She gets from all men. Oh my goodness. All Oksana wants is to be, that's why I picked it up. I I love it. (laughs) She wants to be as far away from her family as possible to have friends and to be normal. Although she constantly tries to do the right thing. She keeps getting in trouble as she grows up. She continues to misbehave from someone accidentally maiming the school bus bully to stealing the much coveted key to New York city's Gramercy park. To falling in love with a married man. After her grandmother moves back to the Ukraine, Oksana loves, longs for the motherland that looms large in her imagination, but is a country she never really knew. When she finish her, when she visits her grandmother in Yalta and learns about her romantic past, Oksana becomes comes to a new understanding of how life without causing harm to the people she loves. But can't. But will Oksana ever quite learn to behave? It sounded cute, and I liked the. Uh, cover so that's why i picked it (laughs) i think this is i don't think this is a new new book because this was actually on the table of like paperbacks Mm -hmm. so it might have been out a couple years ago um but there you go all right i'm excited cool well we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and that you enjoyed the book uh let us know a little puppet of 
of Babushka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let us know what y'all thought if you liked the book or if you uh, have any suggestions maybe of like other books we should read yeah do you guys have any other recommendations of things you've been reading or listening to um, I am 29 pages away from finishing the ballad of songbirds and snakes oh uh-huh. which the, is the new one the mm-hmm. Suzanne Collins book which is a prequel to the Hunger Games mm-hmm. and I I mean it's been a slow march to Darth Vader uh-huh. The you know, we all know what President Snow is going to turn out like. It's the story of Coriolanus Snow and his mentorship in the Hunger Games. Um, oh, but the third, the last part is kind of great, and I'm in the end of that, and it's great. And I'm reading the actual physical nice. book. Yes, go books. Um, and I'm listening to um, the sand, like a dramatization of a comic book. Well, that's fun. <laughs> it's um, Neil Gaiman's The Sandman, mm-hmm. and it's so fantastic. I mean, everything Neil Gaiman, I love. So it's it's a like a a digital comic book. Well, there's no. It's an audible. Oh, an audible. Yeah. Okay. So, but the dramatization of it is like like Taryn Edgerton is one of the characters. Can't yeah. listen to it. <laughs> um, it's just for a minute, but I think he comes back is and doing another voice. Um, it's just very good. Very okay. good. I haven't listened to anything else. It's really. I have. Been, I've been listening to podcasts mostly, and I would recommend uh, Decodering. Right. She takes like a cultural that. mystery or like a weird thing, and like breaks it down. Like, where did the Karen come from? I just listened to one about <laughs> where did the Karen come from? about unicorn poop and cute poop in general. Like, why is that a <laughs> why thing? Is that why a is thing? that a thing? It's, it's really great. <laughs> My sister found a shirt that said, um, I pooped today and it has like a stick figure of someone yeah. throwing their arms up and her significant other is not into wearing it. And I was like, send it over here. <laughs> She's like, I'm not buying you an I pooped today shirt. So I had to go looking for a crying, emo- a gif or emoji of crying pile of poop. Yeah. Which I didn't, I don't know that It probably I found. wasn't that hard to find, no, I would think. No, I, I think maybe I was too specific mm. in my expectations. <laughs> Um, what did I find? I'll show you guys real quick. Quick, dis- oh no, I did find it. It's it's streaming tears. Poop? Yeah, yep. It's the poop emoji streaming <laughs> tears. That's hysterical. <laughs> um, she recommended that I eat more fiber if that's something I celebrate each day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Next book. I'm looking well, forward to it. I saw. Well, I'm gonna give my what I've been reading. Oh, oh yeah. Go ahead, Karen. Yeah. Oh, I didn't want to interrupt. Oh. I do enough. I do because I did that enough. Okay. Wait. <laughs> Okay, so I, I saw that you were reading Conjure Women. I'm enjoying that. Oh, yeah. That's oh, also good. I haven't picked that I up in a little while. W- I read Real Men Knit by Quana Jackson. Really entertaining. Kind of fun. Uh, um, the thing I'm really finding, I'm really enjoying, is called Bright Boulevard's Bold Dreams, and it's about the the story of Black Hollywood. Ooh. It is really good, and this is it's completely uh, nonfiction, the story behind... The story behind how Hollywood started was actually started with the black culture and then got taken over. So what? it's yes, that you will happen in every entertainment medium, <laughs> it's in every the... industry ever. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah, uh, so what? That's, yeah. <laughs> so Bright Boulevard's Bold Dreams is by Donald, and I my little check mark is let me see Donald Bogle Bogle Bogle. Uh, look it up. Um, and then the other one is, uh, the bone jar. 
SW mm. came. That was one of those free last month on mm-hmm. um, Audible. Uh, well, no, it was not free on Audible. It was free on Kindle. Kindle. Mm. And then, and I got it, but I decided to wait a couple weeks until the Audible came out, and I did buy the Audible. And it's mm. and I'm at currently it's a it, it, it's a murder mystery involving an asylum. And a Nurse Ratchet character. Sounds terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> nurse Ratchet's the one who's dead. Oh. So ghost stories? Oh, she murdered. Oh, she Somebody murdered, murdered okay. her. She's Got murdered. It. She is murdered. Murdered. On the, it murdered and left at an abandoned mental hospital. I know that we're so, like, so Obsessions is really for the other cast, but um, just in the sense of podcasts, I started listening to this one, another, a new true crime one. It is called Park Predators. Ooh. Ooh. And it's about, like, nasty, terrible murderers who hide in our national parks. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't want to listen to that. It's terrifying. I don't want to. I tell myself I I don't want to if I'm writing this down. It's called Park Predators. Scary Times. Park Predators. I got it on Stitcher. Um... I made Kevin, like, be on the phone with me while I walked to my car <laughs> after listening to two episodes of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, then. Times. Well, we'll see you guys in a month for uh, Oksana Behave by Maria Kuznet Silva. So read it or listen to it, and we'll see you guys then. And tell us how you like the art cover. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.